Hi, and welcome to the Milk and Coffee podcast, your coffee break for the ears. My name is Ava, and I want to invite you to slow down, simplify, and explore the art of cozy living with me. This is your invitation to embrace a more nourishing way of being. So grab a cup and get comfortable. I'm so happy you are here. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Milk and Coffee podcast, where I talk about how to live a bit more slowly and intentionally. This is the first episode I am recording past the official release of the show, and I just want to share my gratitude for a moment. I have received the sweetest messages, and it's been so encouraging. So many things that were written to me really made my heart sing, and I particularly loved hearing when and how you listened to the first couple of episodes, so... If you have some time to reach out to me, please keep this going. I love being in conversation with all of you. For example, there was the mention of um, coffee and hammocks in the shade or even getting up early to listen to this uninterrupted. Just really beautiful. Please keep letting me know how and where you enjoy my podcast. It is really, truly uplifting for me. Today's episode is one that has been requested multiple times when I first started asking my Instagram community which topics would be interesting to all of you, and it's the topic of meal planning. Now, before I go into sharing my simple kitchen meal planning routine, I want to point out that this is not approaching meal planning necessarily from a frugality standpoint, though it certainly can be helpful with saving some money. Also, I'm not here to paint a romanticized picture of basic household chores or glorify the role of only the women as the sole homemaker unless she feels truly called to that role. The way I look at my household is quite stoically, like, okay, this needs to be done and I'm not resenting it, but I'm also not feeling that every task particularly fulfills me. I feel that household chores is something that should be divided somewhat equally between partners and each household circumstances. Household chores is something that has to be done to live my life, but it is not my life. Right now, I probably take on a lot more chores in the home as my husband works outside of the home, but he still takes over certain chores every day, as well as doing the majority of maintenance and repair projects. If you are more passionate about housework than me, that is great. But unfortunately, I see way too many mothers attaching their self-worth to their homemaking. And I want this to be a reminder that you are whole and wonderful, regardless of how much time you personally like to dedicate to your household. Meal planning falls into my lap as I'm very passionate about cooking and nourishment. And while I don't enjoy cooking every day and I don't enjoy meal planning every week, I do not mind to generally do this task or even to go grocery shopping. My philosophy on food is a very balanced one, I think. I try not to feed into any any particular style of diet, but sort of let my cravings lead me in my choices as long as they are mostly whole foods. I love Michael Pollan's advice eat food, mostly plans, not too much. I love the occasional pastry and big bowl of pasta and a hefty glass of vino tinto with it. And I just really believe in balancing everything. Too much restriction hardly ever leads to a content life, which in turn will not lead to ideal physical health either. In an ideal world, I would also only buy local and seasonal 
organic and plastic free. But like most of you, that's not always possible. Like it's, it's a give and take. There have been times where I would literally freeze at the grocery store because of all the pressure I put on myself to make the right choices. I remember one time, particularly I was holding this big plastic tub of organic Greek style yogurt and I was trying to figure out if I should buy this at that store or go for the more environmental friendly glass packaging at the other store that is double the price, but also another trip with the three kids. And I literally put the plastic tub of yogurt like in and out of the freezer or the fridge section while I was contemplating all my values. And eventually I just left the store feeling uncertain and like I failed really with either choice. And it just felt very, very hard. And so ever since then, I allow myself to be a little bit more graceful around these hard choices. As I, as a consumer, I get to vote with my dollar and that's very important, but I can also not change the entire system today over a tub of yogurt. And I cannot mentally break down every time I go grocery shopping, um, as I need to be really resilient for my children. So if you are familiar with these internal fights to make the right choices, I'd say, please go gently on yourself and let's just do what we can when we can. But let's get to the actual meal planning. So this is something that has worked well for me several years now because it truly helps me reduce my mental load throughout my week and frees up space in my brain and also time. My system is super simple. Um, It's effective for me. And so I start off by first going around and shopping my own pantry, meaning I take note of everything that I still have in my fridge my bulk food jars, and my little storage kitchen cabinet. Now, I have a small kitchen in a 1920s home, and I do not have a walk-in pantry. And I also chose a smeg fridge, which is gorgeous, but also impractical. And so it's really quite European around here to to where I can only fit so many groceries, not like your average um, American bigger style kitchen. So I plan my meals and buy groceries for just one week at a time. It also makes sure that everything keep staying fresh. So I just use a quick notepad and jot down, you know, what, what protein starches, produce are left and then put that piece of paper next to my um, meal planning for inspiration to use up what I already have. This helps really um, prevent food waste around here. And that is something my husband and I are very passionate about. I usually sit down with a cup of coffee and a stack of library cookbooks as well as uh, some of my own favorites and my phone with my food Pinterest board open for inspiration. Um, actually, I could also link those in the, in the show notes. I really love cookbooks. I love beautiful food photography and I love simple but creative cooking. And I just love reading the stories in cookbooks as well. But I actually rarely cook from the actual recipes. I rather use the visuals and stories to enhance my go-to recipes or to just generally inspire me. I have learned the basic techniques of cooking when I was a teenager. And so that has really allowed me to just get very creative early on in my cooking. So cookbooks, big love story with me, but following recipes, I'm really terrible at. By the way, it is not a good idea to do this after a meal or right before eating, as it can really blur your reality. Usually if I am too hungry to meal plan, I plan for way too many complicated meals. And if I'm full, I tend to be entirely uninspired. 
it's kind of a Goldilocks sort of situation for me. It has to be just the right time. But if it is, meal planning actually feels quite cozy for me. I light a candle, I got my coffee, I got my cookbooks, I got my Pinterest board, and I go from there. I have a theme for each day of the week, and that is my single most important advice I can share here. This truly helps me come up with meals for every day much more quickly. So Mondays, we start off with a vegan or a vegetarian meal. Usually that's really simple. I feel, you know, Monday... We just start into the week. Why complicate our lives already? So I like to just start it off with something healthy and fresh and colorful. Right now, that is mostly sheet pan roasted summer veggies. And then sometimes I add some beans or maybe some feta. But we it's simple and we all love it. Tuesdays is our pasta day. I like to stick with truly Italian pasta dishes, meaning simple but beautiful because of the quality of the ingredients. One of my favorites is literally just spaghetti with some high quality olive oil and a really nice Parmesan. So maybe some fresh basil on top or a quick olio, olio, like, so just garlic and oil. Wednesdays in our family is for fish, often in combination with potatoes for the little ones who don't eat fish. Those are our potato lovers. So that works out. Lately, I've been really experimenting more with small fish cooking that can be more sustainably harvested, but I'm the first to admit that it's hard for me to quit fish, even though it's environmentally critical. I believe when it comes to fish and meats, the quality and the quantity make a big difference. So I'm just trying to be smart about my choices. Thursdays are for soups, stews, and curries. Now, in the autumn and winter, when it's cold outside and everyone's just craving like a nice, warm, steamy dish, I get really creative here. But in the summer right now, Thursdays are typically just a simple coconut vegetable curry or a doll. Fridays are our taco nights, which I understand it's not following the American Taco Tuesday tradition, but rather the Swedish tradition of Friedrich's tacos. And that is also beautiful to do with children because tacos allow you to be so creative and just to put a bunch of food out on your table and let everyone have at it. And I'm sure that there's going to be something for everyone at the table there. Saturdays, we usually do simple charcuterie style dinners or a fresh market salad as most farmers markets are open Saturdays. In Germany, I grew up eating mostly fresh bread with cheeses or some cold meats and fresh garden vegetables um, for dinners. Like dinners were mostly cold um, growing up. So I really don't shy away from just having a fresh loaf of sourdough with some butter and maybe wonderful radishes from the market. There's really so much beauty and simple meals. It does not always have to be complicated. Sundays are for roasts or specialty meals with friends or even going out. So we used to do pizza night on Sundays and I'm not quite sure why we fell off the wagon with that. Maybe we'll pick that back up in the fall. Um, But right now, it's usually just a a simple meat dish. Or when friends come over, I might, you know, go to my cookbooks to create something entirely new. I also always have a jar of marinara and a package of spaghetti on hand at all times. And I am not afraid to use it if I feel tired or stressed. I'm also not afraid to 
arrange with my partner to just order in or to go out when the day has been wild and finances um, allow it. Basically, what it comes down to, let the meal plan work for you. Don't be a slave to your meal plan. This is a tool to make life easier for you, not to add pressure. Breakfasts at our house are typically fresh eggs or oatmeal with seasonal fruit. It, you know, simple, easy, healthy, um, really kind of fits all the marks. Sometimes I make homemade granola or Dutch babies. Lunch is often leftovers or simple toasts or open-faced sandwiches. And the go-to snacks in our house are fresh fruit, homemade energy balls, smoothies, yogurt, nuts, and dried fruit. Uh, We lately have been loving grain-free tortilla chips, and the kids love the occasional package of seaweed. Speaking of the kids, for transparency, I want to get real, and I want to mention, I mean, I am a mother of three, and they all have very individual palates and certain dietary sensitivities as well. So while I do not believe in the the kids have to eat strictly everything on the table and finish their plates approach. We are a family and we eat our dinners together and I will not cook individual meals for each family members. The way I see it as the mother, I am responsible for offering them healthy, balanced, whole food meals for their little bodies to thrive, but it is their responsibility to eat it. Again, I think having a peaceful, mindful dinner, you know, as far as that is possible with young children, is as valuable for physical and mental health than the dinner itself. Um, A few years ago, I read in a book that if they ask for a healthy snack 30 minutes prior or 30 minutes after dinner, to not be offended or triggered into an authoritarian response, but rather hand over the healthy snack like a banana and count it towards dinner. That one has really shifted my perspective and made life much easier for me. And then recently, a friend shared that she feeds a bowl of simple, steamy, comforting oatmeal to the kids right before bed and that it's magical for them. And at first, I was really opposed to the idea that I have to swing a pot around again after I already had cleaned my kitchen. But sure enough, it really is sort of magical. It has improved moods before bedtime and sleep. And it is really another beautiful way to connect right before everyone goes to sleep. So maybe that is something you'd like to try for yourself, maybe especially in the fall. I think in Norway, the bedtime meal called uh, Kveldsmat is even counted as the fourth meal of the day. And that's just very, very cozy and hygelic. And I just see, you know, little little spoons and tiny mouths um, over a steamy bowl of oatmeal in pajamas. That, I don't know, it's a really cute romantic image in my head right now. Anyways, I hope my approach was helpful for you. Let me know how you do meals at your house. I am always open to get all the suggestions or write me, write to me with any questions or feedback. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to share the most beautiful meals with me this late summer, come to Maine to my pause retreat. You can find all the information in the show notes. I would love to sip coffee with you on the deck, breathing in the salty sea air or chatting around the beach fire, or jumping off the deep water deck with you. So if that sounds like something you'd love to do, please join me and my friend Rachel. And I hope to have you back on here next week. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope that this episode left you inspired to seek a slower, more intentional life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe 
leave me a review, let me know where you like to listen to my podcast, or write to me. And most importantly, tell all your friends about milk and coffee. For more nourishing lifestyle inspiration, supportive mindset shifts, and all the coziness, follow me on Instagram at ava.maria.smith and subscribe to my Substack called Milk and Coffee. Or go to my webpage, www.avamariasmith.com. I would love to talk more. Remember, slow living is a journey and I'm here for you. Take a deep breath now and seek the beauty of this day. How lucky are we to be alive?